Mask Radio Influence, podcasting redefined. Just say this, before I even deliver this message, I want everybody to be safe, whether you're a majority or a minority, I want everybody to protect themselves. But unfortunately, as a minority, we all know how this goes. We need to be extra careful and extra cautious. And the reason that I say that is because the last thing we need is for this to become a minority issue. That's the last thing we need. You know as well as I do, if that's what it becomes, they'll turn the page on this shit so fast it'll make your head spin and they'll be on to the next. It'll become justifiable, trust me. So again, I want everybody to protect themselves, whether you the majority or the minority. But as a minority, we got to be extra careful. You see what's happening in Louisiana and Chicago and Detroit. We got to protect ourselves and be extra careful because if it becomes that, that's when the problem's going to kick in. Wow. Um, yeah. You believe that was from Plies? <laughs> that, hey, that's past the Plies right there. Yo, you know what's crazy? It's as crazy as Plies is, though. Even you watch those videos, Plies does speak a lot of facts. He does. Like, he does speak a lot a lot of facts and I don't know if you have in, in your time at radio and stuff but I've had a chance to speak to Plies and he's actually like a super like he's a pretty intelligent dude like when he sits down and talks to you he's a pretty intelligent dude man so I, I give him props for that yes and for him using his platform to say what he just said because it's really a message I think the the urban community needs to hear Right. Especially coming from him because, you know, he's always joking and, you know, talking, you know, saying crazy things. And so when he gets serious, it's like, hold up, Plies is serious. We we might need to be serious here, you know? <laughs> but but nah, he's right. Not, I, and, I, and I wanted to start the show off with that today. Um, welcome, everybody, first of all, to uh, Southern Hospitality. Uh, I am DJ Eakin, a.k.a. Tampa's Most Connected DJ. And, of course, the lovely Brittany Gonzalez. How are you? Hey, Brittany. You know what I want to do too. Before we get started, I want to to thank everybody that's, that's that keeps rocking with us for for hanging with us, and we're like reaching certain plateaus. And I just wanted to keep going up, so I just want to say thank you to everybody that's been rocking with us. And don't forget, like they can find us wherever they get their podcast fix, because I you know I don't know what phone everybody's carrying, whether it's an Android or an iPhone or wherever they get their podcast at. They can catch us there, and also too, um, we have the video clips up on. DJ Eakin TV on YouTube so they can catch those. But um, back to the plies thing. Um, I wanted to start with that because, first of all, kudos to you. Let, let's start with that first. And then we'll, then I want to get into the whole minority thing and this coronavirus thing. But um, we joke a lot, Brittany, seriously. And and you actually get on my nerves a lot, like a lot. I know I do. Like, <laughs> I always hate it when I do because I feel so bad. I'm like, oh, I hate when Eakins, no, you know, I'm but go on. Kidding. No, it's like you're, like, you're like that work wife. You, yeah, you get on my nerves like that. <laughs> but no, down in Fort Myers, there was a situation. And I want you to tell the story because it meant like a lot to you when you did it. There was a situation and you jumped right in and took care of it. And I don't want to make sure that we, first of all, I want to say, I'm happy for you again, and I want to give you a round of applause because I thought, like I said, we play a lot, but I thought it was a really good thing. So if you can give, like, you know, the the crowd, you yeah, know, I don't know what was going on in Fort Myers. 
For sure. Okay, so I'm from Immokalee, right? And it's a small town, mostly Mexicans, Haitians, Blacks. There's a very little white population. And this this matters is why I'm saying this. Um, so growing up with migrant farm workers, my family grew up in the fields. My mom, you know, worked in the fields even after doing real estate. When the market fell apart, she had to go back to the fields. I saw how it really is to, to first of all, be in a migrant household, but also what they do, right? So these are migrant farm workers who are, you know, um, little not paid very well. They do the hardest work as far as like physical labor. It's a lot. And they work from 5.30 in the morning, uh, some, sorry, from 5 in the morning, some 4.30 in the morning to about 5 or actually to whenever the the demands of the, the local community is met for produce, right? So what was happening was that they weren't getting the supplies that they needed. And it turns out that they didn't even have hand soap, Egan. Like for these are people who are working with our produce, who it gets mass distributed. The coronavirus is is real. And we know that it, it stays on services. We know that we need to be washing our hands. So to know that a small community, a, a big community like that, a small community, but it affects the a lot of communities around us, right. that they weren't getting the minimal basic supplies needed want to take care of themselves because they're still working through these conditions. You know, they weren't educated on what's on how serious the virus is. They were packed together. They weren't set, you know, like, they, like this is a real health concern. So it, it was, it was so much bigger than obviously my heart for them because I, I it's, it's like, I'm so close to it. I know the, 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 what they go, the struggles that they go through. And I know that they're, uh, they don't have a voice. They don't get heard. You know, they get forgotten about it. And people think, oh, they're, they're uh, undocumented. So who cares? And I'm like, no, we're humans. And especially because what they do for us, for everyone. So when I found that, when I had a journalist who took, went and did the story on them and, and I found out, oh my goodness, like they don't have the supplies. They don't have anything. I'm like, no, 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 no. We got it. We got to do something. So we banded together a state representative, Heather Fitzenhagen caught hold of the story. She wanted to help too. And we all jumped in together and we were just like, we need to get supplies to these people ASAP. So we raised $2,000 and we all went towards supplies for the migrant farm workers. And uh, we sent one load of supplies to them so far. They're supposed to be too, but the, uh, just one has gone. And yeah, and paper towels, hand wash, baby formula, diapers, you know, stuff that is already hard to get. And I imagine them when they get off of work, they're in a small town in Mockley. It's just, it, it was just a lot of things wrong with it that I was like, no, we gotta, we gotta help, you know? So that's. So you were, what kind of stuff did you deliver up? Did you guys, I saw some pictures. It was like, I know it was toilet paper, of course. It was like feminine supplies. What else did you guys take out there? Yeah, so uh, the biggest thing was like hand wash. It was food, canned food. It was um, paper towels. It was, uh, like you said, the feminine products, the baby stuff that they need, um, water. It was just like basic supplies like that that are already hard to find. Now imagine these people who are in the small community. They only have a small Winn-Dixie. To, for the entire town, you know what I mean? Like, we have the luxury of Walmarts, of Targets, of all these different food suppliers, and this small town had nothing, and so, yeah, that's why we were like, no, we gotta jump on this. So I don't I don't know if you know this part, but here's here's a question that I have. Like, the people, like, who they're working for, like, who some of these workers, these farmers are working for, are they obligated to, like, have any of this stuff, though, like, in place? Like, are they, you know what I'm saying? Like, if you have a business, right, there are certain things like this that you're supposed to have, and you may or may not know this answer. Are they obligated to have, you know, like I said, are they, because, you know, these people are handling food and. Yeah. That's the first thing right there. Are they, are they being held accountable for having any of this stuff that the workers needed? 
I think so now, especially there's an eye on it now, now that there's awareness about it. Yes, I think that maybe they weren't taking it as serious before. And so they were like, oh, whatever, if it's there, if there is not, not, not thinking. I just don't think that there's also, there's also this miseducation. We think that everybody knows how serious it is. There are a lot of communities that are very unaware still right now that don't know how serious it is. And Immokalee, honestly, with the farm workers is one of them. They were just not, and the Haitian community too. We had to put together a video for the Haitian community for in, in Creole to let them know this is how you wash your hands this is what this is serious you know like take the precautions and 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 you think it's common knowledge to us right because we're right. you know we're blessed but man you'd be surprised at how many people don't know still is there a hospital over there no no hospital there's only a Winn-Dixie there's a few fast food places um the restaurants mom and pop restaurants there's a maybe a tire shop, you know, like, so supplies that everyone needs. I imagine a Winn-Dixie. What does a Winn-Dixie have for, right. like, if you need to fix something, if you need, they just have these small little supply stores that don't aren't enough for a whole community, you know? So, so the things that we take for granted, like Walmart and Target and that type of thing, they're Immokalee, because I've never, I've never been to Immokalee, but it sounds like it reminds me a lot of um, the small area that my mom's originally from in Virginia called the Eastern Shore, where it's like, my cell phone be having crazy trouble there. It's like I go there and I'll be like, whoa, man. Like I, I, I'm like, <laughs> there's nothing because you know? there's nothing. Right. Yeah. yeah. I'm like in this place. And you know what I'm saying? Like my family's originally from there on my mom's side. So I appreciate it and I respect it. But it's like an hour away from like Norfolk, Virginia Beach, which everybody knows about because Pharrell and Teddy Riley and Missy Elliott, all that type of stuff. Right. But in this area, it's, it's kind of like you said, it, it's missing things that we kind of just be like, yo, I'm going to go to Target. Yeah, we got three or four different grocery stores we'll go to. You know what I'm saying? And there's a McDonald's for the whole city. Yeah. Like every corner. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So and I guess that brings us to the other thing that we were kind of discussing. So do you think now that you guys have put a light on it and that some kind of some like she's a the the lady that was helping, she's in the government, right? She's what is she? Yeah, she's a state representative. Right. For us, for Florida. Right now, and you and I have been talking about this, and I def- definitely wanted to talk about this, and pl- that's why I wanted to open up with the Plies um, thing that he talked about, is there's kind of a, what is the word I'm looking for? Um, there's an imbalance or something when it comes to the different nationalities in this coronavirus thing. The treatment or how it's being looked at, you know, there's there's something going on here, and like all of a sudden now the, a lot of the reports are coming out that it's a big problem for African-Americans. Like it's a, it's a different kind of problem for African-Americans. Mm-hmm. And so I, I also too, I feel it's my responsibility as a person who is a journalist in some way. I feel like I do a lot of barbershop talk, like I said, but I, <laughs> really like, you know, I, I try not to just like jump on bandwagons and be like, yo, they're really treating my people bad. I try I to get do like, some reading, some research and, and, I, you know, I did some reading and and the first thing I want to get across is I think that one of the things that is causing this to be a big problem for African-Americans is that we have a lot of underlying conditions that other nationalities may not have because of the way that food is prepared, seasonings, you know, the, the, you know what I'm saying? It it, it doesn't have to do with the way that the word is that we kind of take care of ourselves as a, as a collective, you know what I'm saying? And I'm not uh-huh. saying like that because I know like, like myself, I, I think I'm pretty, pretty fucking lucky, you know what I'm saying? With how I live, you know what I'm saying? But as a collective, you know, we're known to have stuff like 
diabetes, high blood pressure, hypertension, asthma. Yeah. From what I'm understanding is, along with the fact that some of the medical attention has become a problem, and that's a deeper conversation, mm-hmm. that when this coronavirus thing jumps on us or we get it, these other things do not help the issue. So mm-hmm. that's why, you know, like, you know, like, yes. like I always want to think of Griffin the most positive way, but if I'm not mistaken, he had asthma, right? He so had that, asthma. that kind of made things be escalated when he got this, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And so I think when we, when we look at it, that is a factor in some of this, but Absolutely. some of the stats like that flies mentioned it, it was kind of crazy. Like, he mentioned Milwaukee, right? Uh-huh. In Milwaukee, African-Americans or black people are just a third of the population. But they account for 70% of the people that have died. Wow. In Chicago, they're only 30% of the population, but they have accounted for 69% of the coronavirus deaths. In Louisiana, which it seems like every time something like this happens, whether it's a flood, a hurricane, or something, Louisiana be getting, Louisiana Whoa. be catching hell, right? The worst. Louisiana, Louisiana, the African American African Americans only thirty two percent of the population, seventy percent of the coronavirus deaths in Louisiana. And so I looked up Florida. Hold on, because I looked up Florida, which is here, right? Mm-hmm. And. We've had, and this was this mo- uh, Wednesday morning, this, this report came out, 15,003 cases of the coronavirus, 47% white, 12% black, 2% Hispanic, and 41% didn't put an ethnicity there, which I'm guessing that means the data is not all the way right. Like they somebody didn't check a box or something like that. Yeah. Florida so far, the deaths have been 18% black. That... When I think about that Louisiana thing and that that Chicago thing, and, and I've been to Milwaukee, does that make you feel? I mean, it just it make. I'm not sure how to feel about it. Like honestly, it's a reflection of the truth of the like the ugly truth about the minority system and about for the black community alone. Like in every. Because I watch documentaries on, on, on like the what is it the the inequalities over the years the history of it and and the black community has always been at the bottom the but the worst affected and always at the bottom right and 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 it, for so many like their sub reasons or whatever but no absolutely here's the thing had if if those major deaths or, and cases were not happening in New York the way that they are I honestly think that the attention on it would not be we they wouldn't be talking about New Orleans. They wouldn't be talking about Ch- Detroit. Like right. they're not talking about nobody's talking about. But you know, but I also read that that it, that New Orleans was the one that got hit the hard the hardest. And nope, I had not heard that on the media at all. You know, and I get I'm not watching it every day, but no, I didn't know about it. And I'm reading it like, well, why aren't we talking about that? If I thought New York was the worst hit, and they're saying that all these other cities, like you said, with Detroit, they're the worst hit. They're the most impacted. So, but we're not talking about it. Why? Who who lives in those communities? Right. Black people. Let's not, we, we cannot deny that fact. Like, I, I'm not, yes, absolutely. It is because you're black, unfortunately, that this is this is the way that it, it played out. And it's not fair. It's unjust. It's ridiculous. But that's the, the the thing about what we're trying to do is break that. And it's going to take some freaking time. But yeah, so you should be you should feel away because it's true. But doesn't it seem like we're having this conversation every year when something happens like 
let, let me do this because you know I watch like all kinds of craziness and I love Dave Chappelle and Dave Chappelle seems to put his comedy in a way that you have to think you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. as well as you're laughing at the same time and I had family that was involved very on all different sides of when crack was going crazy family and friends that way it was all different sides lost people people and you know just just all just I just know about it being the New Yorker and me and that type of thing um when crack was going crazy and it was tearing up the urban community, causing all kinds of problems, it was called an it was called um, 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 an epidemic, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm solely losing my train of thought on this word that I want to use, right? <laughs> right. Okay. But now that opioids have become the problem, and it's it's more in the 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 suburbs, and it's not so much. A urban problem with the pills and that type of thing. It's not considered an epidemic. It's oh, it, it's a crisis now. Like we've got to find a way to fix this crisis. It's mm-hmm. a fucking drug, man. These fucking people are doing the same thing. <laughs> yeah. You know like and and, yeah. and how many more years? I and again, I know it ain't everybody. Yeah. We oh, all yeah. bleed the same thing. And at what point are we gonna get to that? We that everybody just realized that look, all these places make up what we call the United States. And this is supposed to be, per se, the greatest country in the world. How are we still having this problem? Man, you know, I think it's because uh, there's a lot of reasons that I think, but I, I just think that there's still a lot of people with that older mentality still running things. And because of that, that those that those people who sit in those chairs, those people uh, think about, OK, look at our government system, what it's made up of mostly. And, you know, let's just speak fast. It's, it's mostly Caucasian Americans right in office. A lot of them, not all of them, a lot of them have, you know, they've grown up in politics, they've been around it, they make money, they profit from it. They are, they don't know what it's like to suffer, to struggle. They don't, they think that, that the people who are, who are on welfare, they're like that because they're lazy or they're, you know, they have all these misconceptions about why people can't get their own selves up. You know what right. I mean? And so, the, and, and I think that that's, a, me personally, I think that that's a big problem with the disconnect. Why they can't, why we can't move past it is because they're not willing to accept that it even is real, that it exists, that there is that inequality, that there is a a, a lot of obstacles that the black community has to jump through to, to get, you know, as far. You have to j- jump through a lot more hoops, you know, and you have a lot more to prove. You have a lot more to, um... I, I, yeah, I just think there's a lot more things that fall that you have to prove. You have so much more against you to prove against versus like a Caucasian American would n- naturally be more trusted, more. I mean, th- I mean, there's studies that have shown this. Like, right. it's, it, I'm not just saying this, you know, and I love everybody. I don't, you know, believe that, oh, you know, one race is all on one thing, you know, like that's stupid. But it, we, we have to be real when we talk about these things, man. Like, I, I, I forgot where I was going with that, too, but uh yeah. So do you, do you um and this is going to shift it a little bit because I think this is a this is kind of a broad conversation and again I try to keep it you know we try to keep it very much we know what we're talking about but also too I don't want to get like it's not a political show you know what I'm saying yeah. so uh, real quick you know, I do want to say my last point is um uh I do think that the problem is that how can you fix something that you don't understand or you've never been through yourself? I think it's harder uh-huh. for people to do that. And I think that's why it's easier that things have stayed this way is because that disconnect. But anyway, that's what I was trying to end my point on. But go on. Sorry. But I'm honestly glad that you went to that point because it brings up where I wanted to go. Do you think that 
we're to blame though, like at all. Like, and, and by when I say we, I mean you and I, like our, our, you know, our communities, the black, yeah. the, 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 what's called the, the, the ethnic, the urban community, you know, as far as like, you know, I, I, I take that. And again, follow me as I shift here a little bit. Um, something as simple as when, when it's working for us, I feel like when it's working for that one person, the African-American person, like I look at the club scene, right? When it's working for that one person, right? They fine. They overcharging the sisters. They overcharging you. Everything is crazy. Prices mm-hmm. are raised up for the same drinks that on a normal night they wouldn't be, right? And the minute that they lose that gig or they lose that spot, they're not the promoter or whoever, the DJ, whatever, then it's kumbaya, we should all come together. But when they in that position, it's like we're not doing that, you know? And, and a whole other thing, right? I looked at, um, you know, everybody's been going live. And again, follow me, follow me. I'm, I know sometimes we jump around here, but follow me. <laughs> um, you know, everybody's been going all live on IG Live and Facebook Live and all this other stuff, right? So Tory Lanez goes live and... 350,000 people are there with him. He's got pretty much a pretty much a, a B, B, B-rated strip club going on, quarantine, yeah. all in it, right? But it's pretty much a, a B-rated strip club because there's all kinds of stuff going on from twerking to, you know, I didn't watch. I think I might have clicked it once. I might have been there like maybe two minutes because I can't do lives that long. But people were twerking. And from what I understand, there's been some nudity. There's been all kinds of stuff going on there, right? And then... He got put in IG live jail, like Instagram live jail. Boom. You can't go live. And it's like I'm watching him post stuff like Instagram. Don't I mean, Instagram don't want me to win this, that and the other. Why don't we ever understand that these things don't belong to us? Like, that's not our platform. But if we got together with all the money that we have around us from the athlete money and we got millionaires here and this, that and the other. And actually created our own platform and supported it, then we could probably do what we say that we want to do. Yeah, yeah, we don't think that way though. We weren't. I you, I remember you mentioned this to me a while back, and it like always stuck with me. Where you were like, we weren't given the tools, we weren't given the knowledge, we weren't taught to own to. Uh, you know, to build wealth, to acquire wealth, how to, you know, we weren't, those things weren't instilled to us. There were more so conversations about, you know, I mean, for me, it was go to college, get a job, you know, work for someone, but you, the, the mentality was never, oh, I could have my own. I could, I could have my own salon or I could have my own, whatever I, you know, whatever I wanted. I just don't think we were given those. We're not net. We're not prone to be given that information. And because of where, look, our parents, a lot of, you know, in the minority community aren't as educated. You know right. what I mean? Like they just, we job. just don't know. So that, I think that plays a role in it too. I just think that people, we underestimate that we can even have those things. We don't even think we can have them. Why? I don't know. Right. Well, I think we should start a push from here. Like we should start a push that like, we have to start, we have to really get our own, you know what I'm saying? Like really like work on getting our own and also learning to do things together. Like I think that, you know, if if this thing hasn't taught me anything, it's taught me that we're kind of all, when it's all said and done, we're at the mercy of certain things. We're at the sure. mercy of certain things. And if you don't want to be at the mercy of that again, you're going to have to make some changes in what you're doing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Everything from the Instagram model, look at how, look at how Instagram has changed like, because everybody feels like, oh, now I got to go live to show everybody how great I am. You, these tools have been there. Yeah. And these rules on these tools have been there for the longest <laughs> time. These yeah. rules just come about. Like, it didn't just come about that 
we don't want you being naked on Instagram, you know what I'm saying, on your live. They just Doing start- the most. Everybody's going crazy on their lives. Like, I have seen more vaginas on lives than oh. I, oh. yeah. Who are you uh, Freddie Gibbs. Um, there's one called Quarantine Club. There's a, a Tory Lane's got some stuff going on. Yeah, I j- and then I just, yeah, I find some stuff. <laughs> what are you doing with your free time? Now this, um, now this again, the show has shifted. We were, a, <laughs> we were in a nice, calm space. What, what are you, Brittany? What are you? I saw a girl with a fireworks down there. I might have seen you. Did, did you see the baby? Did you see the baby next to her? I might have seen In auntie's that. arms? In in my own defense, I might have sent that. I don't want this to come back. As a matter of fact, Ethan, you sent me that. I might have sent you that because it's not like it's craziness I sent you. Yes. Hey, so, hey since, yeah. Let me let me ask you this. Since this quarantine has been going on, is there anything that you appreciate more? Since it's since, anything that you like, you just figure that you took for granted before the quarantine happened. Oh man, yeah, and it's so it's the okay. Well, what do you what do you, you go first? I don't know because I don't want to get uh. Okay, you know what I take for granted, and who I want to you know who I want to apologize to. Well, there's two there's two people I want to apologize to. Two. Who? People. First off, do you see my face right now? I got a beard, Brittany. Oh my god, you do. <laughs> you do. When I, when I logged on, first thing Jason said to me is, "Oh, oh, oh." Oh, like, <laughs> you know, and I, my barber, my barber. What you trying to say, Brittany? <laughs> I just wanted to know because you never grew one out. I don't want to be in the beard gang. I'm okay with not being in the beard gang. But here's the thing about the beard that's funny. I don't shave. You know, I don't shave. You know, I get, I get, you know, I'm not, I'm not really a hairy dude. Like, you know, people. Karen has rubbed my arms on several occasions going, do you shave your arms? I do not shave my arms, Karen. No, I don't. I'm just naturally smooth-skinned. It's cocoa butter. I have, and this may not be information that you want to know, but now you will know, I have, like, one piece of hair growing out of this part of my chest right here. That's oh, only- my God. And it grows out of my left nipple, and it's just been there for years. That's the only hair on my chest that I've ever had. Take it out? I've pulled it out one time before, but, Brittany, first of all, it hurts. And then, second of all, <laughs> why am I bothering it? Why am I bothering it? I have on a shirt. I'm, it's not like I. <laughs> Jason, go grab the scissors. Really? After scissors. we're doing? We're going to shorten it. We're going to shorten it. You don't got to let it go, but you got to shorten it. You act like it's braided. You act like one <laughs> on my chest is braided, like I've had it growing that long. We ain't go that far. Anyway, back to my story. So I don't, I don't shave though. I just don't. My, like my dad used to tell me, like, look, dude, once you start shaving, you're never gonna stop. Don't put a razor on your face. So when I get a haircut, my barber shapes up my facial hair. Since I haven't had a haircut in like a month, I'm out here looking like, you know, I'm out here looking like I'm in quarantine for real. Like I was on the Walking Dead <laughs> or something, you know. So I want to say, my appreciation for my barber is next level right now. Like I, Mel, I just want to say to him that I appreciate him. If I haven't said it before, I appreciate him more than anything now. Second person that I want to say, <laughs> and I want to sincerely apologize to Karen. You know who Karen is? No. Karen is that chick that comes across a packed dance floor in the club and brings you her phone like everybody ain't already dancing and be like, can you play this so I can dance? <laughs> Karen, everybody else is dancing, right? But your song is going to do something else. 
But I want to apologize to her because I would really like to you see- You miss her? Let me tell you something right now. I would, love somebody, I would love to be in a party right now and somebody actually request a song. <laughs> I just, so I want to apologize to every Karen out there that I have. You know how people are, are going, that meme's going around right now saying, I'm sitting here now thinking about all the times I left the club early. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm sitting here now thinking about all the times when I told Karen or I had one of my security tell Karen, he doesn't take requests. Karen, bring me those damn requests as soon as you see me. As soon as this quarantine is over, you bring have the audience phones. Um, it's just gonna be phones everywhere. And and you know, speaking of speaking of requests, I just don't, you know what it is with requests though. I just don't want them to do this. Like I, I was, and this is a whole other story. I was doing a Sunday, a party on a Sunday, right? And to me, Sunday parties are like a vibe, especially day parties. They're like vibes, they're throwbacks. Uh, yeah, you know, it's a vibe, right? So we got a vibe going at one of my spots, and I think I'm in like a you know, I'm in like an up-tempo, kind of a pit bull type of groove. But okay. everybody that's there is kind of grooving. And because we're outside, I can see people as they're pulling up. And up pulls this minivan. And like <laughs> seven, seven, seven ladies who look like they asked for the manager each when they go to Target, <laughs> they all got out. They all got out, right? But a couple of them got out like they ready to have this time. One of them got a cigarette. She come right at she dancing, she drinking. She ain't talking to nobody. She just drinking and dancing. She's like, I'm out. I'm using this time wisely. Now, mind you, I just said to you, I am playing like a pit bull song, which is pretty much an up tempo. People yeah, are anything pit bulls can get people dancing. One of the ones that got out of that band makes her way right to me. And oh, Brittany, she's got a dollar. Uh-oh, she's got a dollar. Can you please play something that I can dance to? So me, trying to be, trying not to act like you tell me not to act, Brittany. I'm trying to act better. <laughs> I turn around and I go, well, lots of people are dancing right now. And like, this is Pitbull. This is kind of like an up-tempo song. What, what are you thinking? You will never guess what she said. Oh, my God. Wait. Uh, you ain't going to get it. I, don't care. I can give you three guesses and you still won't get it. Did she want, she wanted Bruno Mars. Nope, not Bruno. That's a good guess, though, because I get that a lot. But she didn't want Bruno, because Bruno's a winner. She wanted some, um, she wanted, I can't, I can't, I can't, I have so much pressure. She asked me for, let me clear my throat. <laughs> That's a good one. That's. But if you can't dance to Pitbull at 128 beats per minute, when I come down to 105 beats per minute with let me clear my throat, is that, how is that going to help you? That one was more for her part. She just wanted that part to come up and for her to go crazy on oh, that part. Oh, she just wanted to go, uh, 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 uh. Just give me that one part, man. You go back to Pitbull. Oh, oh, oh you know, okay. Well, is there is there anything that, that you took for granted, Brittany, that? Man, going outside. Going outside, just like enjoying my pool, because I can see it from my little balcony, and I just see it, and it's empty, and no one can use it. I'm like, I, I didn't even use that. I, you know, I, t I took for granted the, the, the luxury of eating out, you know, that Did for me. Take for been... granted the luxury of eating out or the luxury that you didn't pay a lot of times when you ate out? <laughs> Both. <laughs> Both. I've been paying for all my own meals. It's hard out there, man. But yeah, that's, I think for me is the food is the biggest thing. I miss eating at a place, you know, to get away. I miss going outside to just go somewhere man just going somewhere having somewhere to go but Brittany, here's the good thing about that though think about it now that you're not eating out all the time 
Are you saving some money? I thought I was. Oh, because. but you're, you're doing Uber Eats and stuff and Grubhub? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So much for Brittany. I thought we, I I thought we talked up. about this. I just signed up for a, a monthly's a subscription for a food where they send me everything. And then How I just about, have. Brittany, at some point, somebody's going to want you to be their wife. How about signing up for the kitchen? What's wrong by with that? that? Time, by that time, I'm going to have so much money. I'm going to have my own chef. Oh. I'm going to oh. have my. Yeah. You know, by, by the time I'm married, <laughs> I'll be Gucci. I'm going to have everything self. That's my goal. Be self-sustained. Right. So that when the man comes and as soon as he starts giving me problems, he can go. Brittany, that's not why you, your goal should not to be self-sustained. So <laughs> the minute you and him get into it, he can go. That's what I, that to me is like the ultimate piece of power. Like I am good here alone and you can leave. Brittany, do you, do you have a do you have a certain amount of uh chances that you that you're gonna that you that a guy gets before he's just gotta go? Uh, okay. Or does uh, that depend on how much you like him? Or is yeah. there is there is there a number? Is there a number? Uh, like about fourteen. Fourteen? <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, um, I uh, okay. I've done the twice, like you know, twice, and I'm out. I've done the. I lost count. Why am I still here? <laughs> so I've done what both. That was that the, was that the teacher wingspan? No, that wasn't that guy. I just like bringing him up. That guy. That guy. Matter of fact, I need to text him. Why I do you need to text him, Brittany? <laughs> I don't know. Sometimes I want to just like text him. So he probably doesn't have my number anymore, so he wouldn't know it's me. And I I just want to be like F you or like you know the oh the the middle finger emoji. That's the one. Brady, why do you have so much hostility still built up inside? Let's talk about. Like, look, like I, I had, a, I had, a, I was answer my question though. Fourteen. What is, what is the number? Like, what is the number? I think, I think after. Okay, on it. Okay, okay, okay. For me, probably at two. You got, you got three. Honest, three times. Three times. The fourth time, I'm out. I, you had a whole third time. Whole third time. So the fourth time. But are these, are these major things? Like, like what, like what, are, what, are, what are the offenses? I know lying is probably an offense. Lying is probably offense. Yeah, lying. I think obviously cheating. I think when so you give them three, you give them three cheats. Oh, I have. I've done like you've given them three cheats, Brittany. You are a meme. <laughs> Just say it. You are a meme. So you you really giving a guy three cheats? I mean, it was like, you know, we were boyfriend, girlfriend, and then when the cheat happened, we broke up, and then, you know, so yeah, maybe like two or three times, probably a lot more, but we weren't together, and I just kind of dealt with it, because it was, look, we all do stupid things. What, what, Brittany? What, so what, three times is too no, many? No, I'm not, I'm not going to get, I'm not. Times. Two times, because the first time, look, people make mistakes, and if you're that stupid, and I really like you. I will give you a second chance. But I wasn't even going to go there. I was more so going to get into the discussion of if you and the guy broke up, why are these considered mistakes? Because when you aren't together, are the lines still blurred in there somewhere? Like, like what is that? What is that? Because I've had that happen to me where we are broke up, right? Like me and somebody been broke up. And so how are you still holding me accountable for stuff when we're broke up, when you might have went on a couple of dates that I don't know about, and you slipped no, up and no, told. Yeah. If it's like that, no, no. If if she's going out on date stuff too, no, we can't be mad at you. I mean, but she's going to be mad you, at you. <laughs> but you do. No, that's not fair. I keep it fair. If I'm mad at you, it's because I'm being good and you're being crazy. But still, though, why would that matter, though, if you're broke up? If you're broke up, 
what does it matter what he does during the breakup time? Yeah, I think that's really hard to get past. Though you're right, but it don't work like that. <laughs> so is there an so understanding that needs to be had? Like, yeah. Like I guess it should be, especially if that person is still able to come over, like after the club, and y'all not all the way together, but they still like, hey, I'm coming over, and you let them in. Yeah, if you have that agreement, then you're supposed to just talk to each other. But how do you make that agreement? Then why did you break up? How do you make that agreement? I am all sorts of confused here, which is why I'm asking these questions. And I know. I guess I shouldn't be this confused having sisters. I shouldn't be, but these this is this these are relationship things that I see that are problems. And I think yeah. having you here it helps me work through some of these things. Yeah. Started out in a really good topic, and I don't know somehow we always wind up with this. <laughs> mess, I figured I learned something here. No, it's not your problem. This is actually a problem that you know I, I've had myself, and I, I just figured I'd ask you because. For one, I think you'll give me a good female perspective, and I think that's fair. I think, you know, I don't think everything I do is right. You know, ladies, I said it, say it again, I'll say it again out loud. I don't think everything I do or any other guy is right. You know, say so. Say it louder for the people in the back. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't. So, you know, I figured that I can learn some things too. But I do want to know, like, so when you say you give them three cheats, no, I, okay, no, hold on, hold on, don't say I give him three cheats. Well, you I know, guys, this, guys just did a show going, you know, and I've had some dudes ask me about you, and they'd be like, yo, bro, let me holler at Brittany, she give you three cheats. I'm like, whoa, that, I, I don't know if I, I don't know what to tell them if they say no, that. No, I do not get cheated on anymore. <laughs> that is the old Brittany. I'm no longer getting cheated on. I am getting respected, loved. And food hey. occasionally. Hey, all I'm saying is, you know, we get you a t-shirt that says three cheat max. <laughs> no no but honestly i think i've learned a lot because like i think dating is so important dating different people you gotta go on different dates man everyone's different you learn more about yourself you learn what you like what you don't like you learn that there's all kind of different flavors in the in the you know in the, in, in the ice cream shop so it's not even about trying them. Like, I'm not saying having sex. I'm talking about dating, dating. Like, just going out on dates, having conversations, seeing how pe different people work and move, you know? Um, you got to do that. And that's why it's important for, like, in the beginning to just be honest. Okay, so if you could if you could give me some advice, what's an immediate turnoff that I just shouldn't do on a first date? Oh, my goodness. Okay. Wait, I had wait a minute. First off, before you answer. First off. Don't act like you just, you know me, and it's like directed at Eakin advice like you did no. when I was asking you about working at a strip club. I'm talking about if I was coming to you going, hey, Brittany, on a general term, as a woman, and you know things that, you know, you're a woman, so you know things that you like and don't like, what would be something that if you was like, okay, Eakin, you're going on this date, okay, you help me pick out an outfit of stuff, what would you tell me, Eakin, don't do this, though, because this is going to ruin it? Do not, first of all, I think this is so obvious, but I went on a, on a, a date like last year and the dude kept staring at my boobs. Like, it would not, not even hiding it, Eakin, wasn't even like sleep, you know, sneaking it. No, like he'd be talking to me and he would just be looking at my boobs. And I'm like, you're an idiot. And he was younger and I should have known better. He was like 26, ill. Um, anyway, so that, that eye contact is good. Actually, listen. Can can y'all actually listen? Just take a listen to what we're saying. Take interest in what we're saying. But uh, what don't do, yeah, so actually uh, do, don't not listen, all right? Um, don't not ask questions, you know? Like, don't. Oh, 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 can I stop you there? What? Because that may be a fault of mine. I'm not really a big question asker, and let me tell you why. Why? I'm not really a big question asker is because I figure 
and this could just be me again. I think that people often tell you, especially when you first meet them, what they think you want to hear. I, I am a firm believer that if I spend enough time with you, I will learn these things. I'm not saying don't talk to you. I'm not saying that. But I'm just not a big barrage of question after question. All right, so so what do you like to do? So um so when you were in school, what do you? I don't I don't do that because I figure like in conversation, like us talking at dinner, something comes up, you're gonna tell me some stuff about yourself, you know, and you'll tell me things and or and I watch you do things, you know, that I'll learn about you if I'm around long enough. So I'm not, I'll, I've never really been a big question asker. Is that wrong? If I okay. do, if that's my logic. As, if you're compensating it with conversation when she asks you questions and you're elongating your answer, short answers are the worst, you know, to the point answers are the worst. So, no, I think you'd be good. With, if you're good with conversation, you don't have to, as long as there's conversation going and flowing. Right. If you're not asking questions and we're there just staring at each other with the awkward sips and the, you know, like, you just don't know what's, no, I don't, I, yeah, it's, it's going to be difficult to make it to a second date. Um... And I would say, and this is going to sound like, I know guys are, some guys are going to be, no, do not make the girl pay first night, first time. Do not make the girl pay. If you make a girl pay the first date, no, I don't think that you're ready for dating then. You aren't, you aren't ready to date. (laughs) Go back to the minor leagues. Right. You're not, but some guys, like, I'm not saying it's me, but some guys is going to say, hey. You want equal rights. You want the same pay I get. You want this. You want that. You want equal. No. no. And I'm going to say, do you want a second date or no? And I'm going to slide that check back over. So you're you, so if you have to slide the check back over, he does have a chance at a second date? <laughs> it's like, here's your last chance. <sighs> no, at that point, I know that says everything about a guy. I'm sorry. I just think that if I took my time out of my day or night to meet you somewhere and go to a restaurant, I got ready. I dressed up for you. No, you're paying. So you're saying that we're missing some old fashioned qualities. Hell you? yeah. Go back to some of that. Can I ask you this? And, and, and this could tell me a lot about you, Brittany. If a guy opens your car door and puts you in the car, closes the door. What do you do after that? Oh my goodness. I'm like, yeah, that's, thank you. You're supposed to do that. Yes. So you don't reach over and try to open his door for him? No, I've completed, like I'm putting my seatbelt in. What do you mean? And let me tell you something right now. I got some aunts, cousins, friends, and a mother that says, that's an L right there. That's an L that the girl should then reach over and try to open, like, you know, at least make an attempt to open the guy's door. You've never I've heard that? Never heard this. Yeah. What if I bang the other door? I'm there trying to no, be no, nice. No. I didn't say open it and push it fly, flying right open. I would have, I'm talking yeah, my about. My little short arms no, would not be able to do. You, if you pull the handle, that opens the door, or at least it starts unlocking it. Let's not try to act like you got to do all this other stuff. It's a reach over. Uh, Brittany, all, uh, look, I'm not judging you. I'm just telling you about some of the things that I've heard. That could be a deal breaker that you didn't know about. I never heard guys about it. Okay, I'm going to try that. And if I bust someone's door, Egan. Brittany, I did not say push the door like you a superhero. I just said, because if you think about it, you're not even pushing the door. If you pull the handle, that's opening the door right there. 
You have to pull the handle to open it. So you'll pull the handle. That'll start opening the door. What did I really do for him? That literally, if I just push the door open a little bit, the, the handle sticking out a little bit now, what is the difference between that and the handle was half an inch deeper? All I'm telling you is the same thing that you just told me. I'm giving you advice on things that okay. I've heard. Okay. That what, what is the thing that women do that that like would be uh, on a first day? What would you say? Like what's not what should women not do? Um You know what I think? No, I I can tell you this one for me. Don't ask me what you should wear. Especially just hanging out. Just do it. Just do you. Cuz there's obviously there's a reason that I was attracted to you. But at least be presentable. And you don't have to be all dressed up in heels either. We hang cuz I'm a video game dude. You know, if your hair is cool and you want to throw on a baseball cap, I'm cool. Just be neat. You know what I'm saying? Like, like yeah, and don't yeah. give me don't give me the legging date all the time either. I don't want the legging date all the time. I don't I do not want the legging date all the time. I do please, and I'll say it again. If I happen to run across you, I look, do not give me the legging date. I'm gonna take you on that. Yeah, you're right. I do not want the legging date all the time. I just well, don't. How do you feel about Okay, she takes the phone out and puts it on the table, first date. Should the phone go to the table or stay in the purse, first date? I personally, at this stage, am trying to worry less and less about what somebody does with their phone. What will bother me is if your phone has your undivided attention the whole time. Now, where you sit your phone at, I, I don't I don't I don't really watch that part. It will give me something to think about now. I don't really watch that part because I've seen people sit their phone on the table and they don't even they still don't pay attention to it. You know what I'm saying? Like it may ring, they cut it off, but they're still engaged with me or whoever the people that were, you know, that we've been around. You uh -huh. know what I'm saying? But then I've also seen people that the phone be in a purse and every two minutes they pulling it out like they got like they looking for something. Yeah. You know? So my thing is I'm like you, I don't want to go to hang out with anybody or any any I don't even, like even my homeboys. I don't want if bro, if we hanging out. And you got to stay, bro, you, you can just go where you was at because we're not hanging out. You know what I'm saying? If your phone <laughs> is your undivided, you, we're not hanging out. And that's just, that's just anything. Like we had a barbecue or something and you just sit in the corner on your phone or something, bro. You didn't even need to come to this barbecue because we over here getting spades and dominoes and, you know, everything else is going on and you ain't nowhere involved because your phone, you could just been where you was at. Yeah, I agree. I keep my phone in my purse because I think it's just rude. Like, But what I, about the dude who sits his phone down and turns it over? Oh, on the, when it's face down? Yeah. Oh, I already know. Free meal and deuces. <laughs> <laughs> let's eat. Let's get some dessert. Okay. And he's I'll... not getting a second date. No, that is. Oh, I hate that. Egan, that is the biggest indicator that you have something to hide and that you don't know. No, you. Are, I can already tell. That's a huge red flag. That's a red flag right there. Don't not see and acknowledge that red flag, ladies, please. Brittany, so so basically, how about we should start a new thing? Don't even bring your phone on a date. <laughs> no, you can't do that. Why can't you? Because. How about this one? The next date you go on, right? See if the guy, will, you and him both can leave your phones in the car while y'all go inside to eat or whatever. Oh, Egan. Is that hard? I mean, if you want to spend time with him, a meal is like an hour. You can't walk in a restaurant, leave your phone and his phone in the car, both of them together in the car, and y'all going in and eat. You think that's hard? No, I want to see your phone behaviors. But if he's saying, yo, let's both leave our phones in the car, that's a behavior right there. Boom, I don't care. I'm no, cool. that would make me feel like he's being controlling. If you're the one that suggested? Don't tell me how to do what I suggested. <laughs> 
<laughs> you know what? You know what? This, this time was over. This Look, I'm trying to look. It's about to be summer 2020. I'm trying to make things a little easier for people. And I'm thinking if I get a female perspective, things would be easier. But obviously, you know. Mm-mm, not with this one. Not with this one. My dating life is very complicated. It's not going any better. I don't know how we got here. Either. It's not going any better. You're asking me for advice. You're looking for advice from the wrong person. Well, I was honestly, I just like I said, I just think that you know, like I'm, you know, the thing I admit now nowadays is we all have faults. I don't have many, but I got faults. You know, <laughs> not a lot, but I got faults. You know, so you know, one of the things, like I said, when I when I first asked you about being a part of this show was I wanted to be able to ask you things and get a real perspective, not only from a female, but from a short person. Like you got all these different perspectives. <laughs> You know, like, you know, no, Tina, you know, the savage. I've been the one that's been the victim of savages. I've been on both ends, man. You're right. It's good. It's going to be better for 2023. It's going to be 2020. <sighs> Maybe 20 at the end of this, at the end of this year, it'll sprout anew. Well, let's end the show on a high note. What's the first thing that you want to do when the quarantine is over? Oh, First thing I want to do, because I, I kept putting this off, go on a freaking boat and, and go with my girls on a boat and go party on, on in the water. That's the one, the first thing I want to do. But, how, any plan how that's going to happen? Are you and your girls going to like some one of them have to meet somebody or you already know somebody with a boat? How You got a plan for that? Or are you guys going to rent a boat? We're going to so rent a boat. Okay, okay. Look, I, hey, look, Brittany, some of those friends you have that I see in those pictures... <laughs> I'm not saying that they're bad, but I once in a while I wonder about a credit score here and there. You're right. We still make it on that boat. We well, still just I never doubt that you can get on the boat. I never doubt that. I just <laughs> don't always know how y'all got there. It's you know. magic, man. That is girl magic right there. And I believe that. So if you're saying you guys are gonna rent a boat, well, since you're gonna rent a boat, I'd like to come to that party. I got some rental money to go win. <laughs> Are you gonna DJ? No, 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 no. <laughs> no. I am not working. No, let's back that up. Let's act like you're getting married. I tell everybody, if you're a friend of mine, don't in, don't ask me to DJ your wedding. I want to come there with a brown paper bag and be drunk and acting up like every other guest. <laughs> I want to DJ. Exactly. I'm gonna come there and I'm gonna make some memories. I don't want to DJ your party. I don't want to be responsible for the first dance song. I don't want to be responsible for the dance with your father. None of that. I just want to come there and be drunk and eat up all the food and look at the bridesmaids like all my other friends. That's what I want to do. Or the people, or the people that are there. Why are you bringing a brown paper bag anywhere? I don't know, Eakin. But because sometimes you gotta make a wedding more fun. Sometimes, <laughs> at, a wedding, sometimes at a wedding it ain't open bar. It's I'm way over. That brown bag in your trunk right now, ready. It ain't, ready. It ain't in my trunk. I, got, I, I keep my, I, 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 wear, I am a suit wearer, and I understand the use of the inner pocket. <laughs> it got to be a big brown paper bag, but I understand the use of the inner pocket. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> folks, folks think I show up at a wedding dressed like a pastor for, for no reason. I'm, I understand. <laughs> I'm presentable. I'm ready. And I may even be ready to do prayer for you at your wedding, but I'm not going <laughs> to I'm not going to DJ. Okay, okay, that's fair. I get it. I get it, man. You're on the other side. You want to jump on the party side. I get it. Plus, I have to I have to bring a brown paper bag because I know what's in that. The last wedding I went to, which is my boy DJ Koo's wedding, which was a great time, I wound up wine drunk. 
Oh. I've never been wine drunk before, but I'm in there thinking like, you know, I'm gonna drink wine tonight. I'm gonna be, you know, it's a different, you know, it's a cool surrounding. Man, I was, man, let me tell you something, man. I, I don't, I remember getting home because I know who drove me home. Very good time. I remember most of it. But that next day I was like, wow, is that what wine does to you? Because it's it's like the the grapes, man. Is it's that the, what it is? <laughs> I think so. Is that what it is? Woo. Good time though. Good time. See? So there you go. So you're going on a boat the first time when you That's what I want to do. I want to go on a boat, man. Just wild out like Cardi B with in that video with City Girls. Right. Tiger King style. So you know what? If you rent a boat, how about this? I invite some Tampa friends. We can chip in. Your price is lower. Half the boat. We go half on the boat. Brittany, I'm and and we bring a videographer. <gasps> Let's do it. Let's do it. Then we make a whole whole memory. Brittany's first time on a party boat. Brittany's first party boat experience. Yes, that's you know what, what we're doing. And we're bringing milkshakes. That I'm not going to be involved in because milkshakes and alcohol, and I'm lactose intolerant. I'm not. <laughs> At the bottom of the boat the entire nah. time. Yeah. Be like, where's Ekan at? <laughs> not a good look on the boat, man. <laughs> look, man. I, uh, I, <laughs> look, that's just like, why are we, look, why did we even go, look, Brittany, I'm seriously. <laughs> it's not even a good look for me and milkshakes on the boat. <laughs> not a good look. It's just not, and it's not going to happen either. <laughs> Yo, I appreciate everybody, man. Of course, um, Southern Hospitality. Find us wherever <laughs> you get your podcast. Fix that, man. Shouts out to Radio Influence. Shouts out to Jason. Shouts out to you, Brittany. You got some last words before we get out of here? Uh, I love everyone. You do? Yeah. And you know what, Brittany, again, some more applause for you for that great thing you did in the Mockley and making sure everybody, you know, making sure people... You know, it's one thing to talk about things, but it's another thing to get up and go do it. And I know you always talk about, I got so much to do, but that was like super important to you. So I, I know we play a lot, but I just want to say, I am proud of you. I'm proud of you, Brittany. I'm proud of you. I am. All right. So um, until next time. And let's start making the boat plan now. Because what do yes. we got? Got like a month, a month, maybe a month and a half Hopefully. months. I think it's going to be at least a month and a half, two months, probably more like two months. You know, we got to make sure. We don't need no Rona uh, baddies on the boat. Yeah, we don't need that. Exactly. So we're going to make sure no one's got the Rona. Don't none of your homegirls still do that because I don't want that either. That I can't promise you, Egan. It depends. <laughs> it depends. <laughs> I got a different side to us when we drink. <laughs> I'm gone, man. <laughs> yeah. Body, man. I am DJ Eakin, of course, the lovely Brittany Gonzalez. Uh, find us once again wherever you get your podcast fixed. And, of course, if you're looking for us on video, on YouTube at DJ Eakin TV. All right? We are gone! Bye! This is a Duffified Live with Chef Brian Duffy Quick Fix on Radio Influence. Hey, everybody. This week on Duffified Live, we've got a chef. Yep, we got a chef. His name is Mike Harris, and Mike used to be with McDonald's. So I got a pretty good feeling we're going to get some secrets. You know, when I worked for McDonald's, I spent more time behind mirrored glass serving consumers' stuff. And some of the things I would hear, like, would destroy my brain. So, like, um... I'm a I'm a certified barbecue judge and I do like KCBS barbecue competitions on the side. Okay. So we were doing a like a some kind of barbecue burger or chicken or whatever it was, and I made this banging barbecue sauce that like 
you know, people on the circuit would be like, this is legit. This is how you do it. <laughs> so I serve a bunch of McDonald's consumers this and they're like, what is this? Why can't you just put the McRib sauce on everything? Oh, like, what are you doing? What are you talking about? So and once again, it's like, OK, that is that is the consumer three, base. Three other guys in white chef coats are holding you back like you're getting ready oh, to start banging on the mirror. It happens every time. This was and like four <laughs> years ago, like, hey, let's do sriracha. And there are consumers out there who still have no idea what sriracha is. They haven't right. even heard of it. There are so many consumers that are not, you know, you know, foodies or um, on social media. Like a majority of Americans don't really care. And I wouldn't say don't care, but are not like that's not their thing. It's just um, not. But sure. then, then you have a, a, a good vocal minority who – kind of help get the trends going and things like that as far as, you know, high-end restaurants getting new ingredients and how that trend curve happens in our society. It was interesting to be in that big machine like McDonald's in my previous life, but I do, I definitely can do both sides. So depending on who my customer is, I have to know, uh, you know, make things for them and not assume that they want my awesome creation. Duffified Live with Chef Brian Duffy can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, and RadioInfluence.com.